Hey DER Task Force members, this week our three favorite distributed energy hosts, Colleen, James, and Duncan, or as an avid DERTIF member, John Atkinson quoted on Twitter, our favorite energy shitsters, dive into a segment from John Oliver's show last week tonight, where he explains the concept of electric utility regulatory capture. The concept of regulatory capture, for those who are not familiar with it, typically refers to a phenomenon that occurs when a regulatory agency that is created to act in the public interest instead advances the commercial or political concerns of special interest groups that dominate an industry or sector the agency is charged with regulating. Before we dive into the episode, we're going to throw up a piece of that segment that will lay the groundwork for our Dirtif hosts to dive into the weeds. Here's a clip from the segment, then Duncan will dive into our own more nerdy intro quote. Our main story tonight concerns utilities, specifically electric utilities. But utilities operating as natural monopolies dates back to the fact that around the start of the 20th century, we needed to build a nationwide power grid from scratch. And that obviously required a huge investment. Companies were only incentivized to do that with a guarantee that they'd be able to operate in a non-competitive environment. And at the time, that made sense. But those monopolies persist to this day, and mostly as for-profit investor-owned companies. Now, in exchange for giving utilities a deal that sweet, we did put some restrictions in place. The law says that they should spend the least they can while providing quality, environmentally safe service. Which sounds great, because it caps their ability to make too much money. But, and this is a huge but, there is a carve-out. Because when they build something, a piece of physical infrastructure, they are allowed to then pass along that cost to you through your bill, plus an additional percentage that they get to keep as profit, usually around 10%. And this creates a clear incentive. The bigger the project, like a power plant, the more profit they make. And if you're thinking, shouldn't there be someone who can rein these companies in? Well, in theory, there is. Most states have public utility commissions. They are responsible for things like signing off on any big investments proposed and also overseeing the setting of rates. Unfortunately, many of them are badly outmatched by the utilities that they're supposed to regulate, and this can have major consequences. About a week later, on July 23rd, 2019, House Bill 6 passed the legislature with the decoupling provision advocated by First Energy Corp. That day, Executive 1 sent to Public Official B a photoshopped image of Mount Rushmore with the face of public official B alongside Executive 2, Ohio Director of State Affairs and Company C Executive, imposed over the four presidential faces with the caption, HB6, fuck anybody who ain't us. (laughs) Public official B commented that his picture was smaller than the others and then responded, funny. Oh my God. So you obviously know what this is about. That sounds like where is this quote from? It's some like case. I I did kind of cheat. I saw your link the in Ohio, the document that yeah, there was like, like some department of something or other. Is it just like the general like case file on like on the Ohio first energy or something? Yeah, this is like right off the SEC's website. Like, oh, it's on SEC. the SEC's <laughs> website, it says HB six. Fuck anybody who ain't us. Oh my <laughs> god! But I think it's actually like yeah, the case files from uh, like the Southern District of Ohio. Um, but anyway, that was a fun one. And uh, it was also recently quoted in a John Oliver episode. Yeah. 
which I think has uh, brought today's topic of regulatory capture to the public attention. Yeah, millions of views, presumably not just Energy Twitter, has now seen this and knows what a utility is. (laughs) (laughs) And that they're regulated. And that they're regulated. What's your your quick take uh, takeaway? I'll go first. I mean, I think... I think it's hard not to just say, like, this is out in the public sphere, and that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Because who has ever talked about utility regulation in such a, like, big way before? Right. In such a public way. So my my quick take, I love that he brought up performance-based rate making. (laughs) That was a real win for me. Um, Didn't love that I feel like now everyone thinks all utilities own generation. Ooh, Ooh, that's that's, true. that's a good one. Yeah, kind of <laughs> neglected that. Yeah. yeah, that like is a big pet peeve of mine. So yeah, I think initially watching it, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like we're railing on utilities now. Like that's how people feel. That's sick. <laughs> yeah, you're and like, then, yeah. And then I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's dope. And then I thought about it for a little while. I was like, wait, like there's, I don't know. It's just that typical John Oliver thing where like. It's, it's like let's get angry. Yeah, it's almost like a distraction. Voice today, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like a. I don't know if it's a net positive, because it's like when you turn something into like oh it's this monolithic like boogeyman, it almost breaks the conversation that should like should actually be happening. And that's I mean, maybe yeah. pumping our tires here, but that's the one we want to have today. Yeah, yeah, we want to talk about what what's actually going on, right? So yeah. he basically was like, right? I mean, his segment was largely about regulatory capture from the perspective of like big C, is it big C corruption, right? Like very active corruption. Yeah, it seemed like there was a, yeah, there was a lot of that. Um, Or just like, you know, a lot of people come or like, or I'd say like areas where there are politics that allow for anti-consumer sentiment. Or, right. But what we want to talk about is like really more structural, right? Like there are there is problems with utilities and problems with regulatory capture, but it's not like every utility is out there just right dealing. I mean, was that that was kind of his point, right? Is like the whole like red what is it ready kilowatt or whatever? Oh my god, just kind of horrifying, yeah. <laughs> but like they're all kind of like big and bad and corrupt, and was that where? I mean, I don't even honestly remember it, like. That I watched it like ten days ago. I mean, he told you to like Google your utility name with the word corruption. That was okay. like that was like a thing he told you to do. And yeah. so I, as someone who like worked at a utility and really liked a lot of the people I worked yeah. with and mm-hmm. thought we were doing good things, I did. Yeah, like I mean, he's what like, his job as the media is to like be heavy-handed right. about it. Fine. Right. Um, but I do think that like there are issues with how we think about regulation. And I tend to think that like they're not usually about really expensive power plants, right? Which was kind of his focus. Yeah, right. Th- I think that is the point that like we want to get into, and we're gonna use like a few different like of, of our own experiences. But um, the actual like regulatory capture is like way more insidious in my mind because it's like not the blatant corruption like utility whatever the quote you read fuck anyone who ain't us like that stuff's actually fairly rare and it's more just this like institutional structure that like grinds through processes and like dockets and Mm -hmm. like it it doesn't even have to be built like of bad actors and it just kind of like grinds along and um you know 
you get a lot of the same results, not like the blatant corruption he was talking about, but like, you know, things not working as well, like underinvestment in the grid or like the, that hook is still horrifying that he talks about in the like PG and E. Right. Like misaligned incentives. Yeah. And it's like, there's no like bad actor, but it's just like, it, it's this like structural, like complex that just like, you know, grinds along. I don't know. Um, so why don't we start with with ERCOT, right? It's, yeah. It's it's like ERCOT's very relevant right now. Everybody's expecting uh, Texas to have a hard time over the, I don't know, the next few weeks, I guess, is it, where these shortfalls are expected? Um, yeah, it's been really hot, um, which is to be contrasted with, you know, last year when they had similar issues because it was very cold. And basically when things happen in swing seasons in Texas and they lose a lot of generation, it can get kind of crazy based on temperature. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's talking about what, what do you do? Uh, right. What do you do when there's not enough power? This is obviously a big topic after Yuri. Right. And a part of that is like demand response, flexible loads, all this stuff, which leads us to, I guess what's going on at the regulatory level. Right. Which I, I actually have like some fairly direct experience with. And now honestly, it was like a, it was like a, a loss of innocence moment for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Give us the details. I've, had, I've what? had like two or three recently where I was like, oh, like this is how the world works. Like that, maybe it's like unique the moment in time we're in, but. I went to the PUC and became a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually though, um, I was down, I was down in Houston and I'm like part of uh, like a group of like, you know, demand response, like software, more like forward thinking, like retailer, like retail. You guys have a name, players. right? Yeah, I'm like, should I say the name? This isn't the the views of that. Like, okay, forget it, forget it. Yeah. But uh, whatever, it's like the innovation caucus. It's like there's a uh, like a group of companies um, trying to push forward like a lot of demand response and these more like forward thinking things as a big part of the solution set to what happened with Winter Storm Yuri. And I, I think I was like or- originally even supposed to say something like as like, Oh, we're like a retailer doing demand response. Um, didn't end up speaking, but I did sit in the proceedings for the entire day. Right. When this concept of like the LSE RO load serving entity reli- reliability obligation, LSE obligation dropped. And you're going to have to give people a little, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. give the one one on what that is. So basically I mean, this is my biased telling of it, but so I get, I mean, first like context on where storm Yuri, right. And you guys can help fill this in, but 33, 35 gigawatts of gas didn't show up like six gigawatts of wind or solar or something like a bunch of coal didn't show up. Yeah. Huge basically disaster. like power outage at like two in the morning yeah. in a cold snap in the middle of winter rolling outages for days. Yes. Three days. Um, so out of that, obviously a huge, like political disaster. I think the whole, that like the PUC resigned. Yeah. Yeah. I'll like all, all members. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all members. So they basically rebuilt it and it seems like, um, kind of the, the new chairman, like chairman Lake was, was like, installed by Abbott to like fix it. And one of the there's been a lot of like solutions that have been thrown out there but what i what i saw is like they really want like a political win too like it can't be like only super hyper technical um like 
in ins and outs of of the the ERCOT market, like they have to come out and say like this is the big thing that we did to like yeah fix it. And so for whatever reason, like NRG hired a consulting firm to put forward their proposal, which is this thing called the LSEO. Um, and what it does is it essentially mandates load serving entities like retailers to buy bilaterally capacity, like forward capacity from generation owners and creating like a shadow capacity. Market. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially what it is like everyone it's was like, stepping around like California, think, basically yeah. right. The RA market. Basically. Right. But it's like worse because it's, it's totally bilateral and like opaque. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like, well, I mean, that's kind of how California works, but it is, it is on it. It's the closest market structure to California. And so, um, that in itself is just wild, wild that Texas is emulating. I, I remember the bumper stickers living in Texas. Don't California, my Texas. And <laughs> <laughs> you had the funniest tweets when, when the LSEO is dropping, you were just reply guying to people with the California song. Oh, like yeah. the OC song. <laughs> I, was like, I was dying. Turns but, out that was ineffective. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really um, didn't get it. But everyone was like tiptoeing around it too. Like while I was sitting there, everyone's like calling it this LSEO ob- obligation. I want it, like if I were to speak, I would have been like, I'm going to, this is a capacity market. Like let's just call it what it is. Like why are we tiptoeing around this? And worse than that, it's like all bilateral. So little retailers like us, and obviously this is where my bias comes in, would have to like go to NRG or Vistra and like ask them, like try and buy capacity for them under obligation from this, you know, order or whatever. They would like give us a price and like we could try and ask around for like what capacity is trading at. Like they do have things like, oh, you have to post payments. You have to post what it is. But like the market monitor was there being like, yeah, but none of these bilateral contracts are created equal. You have to like dig into the terms of what what that actually mean that price actually means. Like, what's the term? All this yeah. stuff. Yeah, like none of this stuff is like fungible. yeah, like yeah. just yeah. make so suddenly... just do a market. Yeah. yeah, like so. What I saw happening is like Abbott wants a big political win, and you can't come out and call it a capacity market because then the legislature would freak out. That's a loss. So yeah. this is like. It is like the definition of regulatory capture and that they just like we just let's just turn to like the biggest players there and see if they can like shoehorn in a solution that like looks and sounds good. I think the the red flag word, or at least for me it is, is stakeholders. Right? <laughs> like just, yes. like what that means is like the biggest guy in the room. Right. Like, yeah. That's what that means. No, and yeah. so like the uh, the NRG guy came up and was like talked for like an hour and a half and like everyone else was getting like 20 minutes and literally i was watching like chairman like openly disdain be disdainful of the retail model so like one of the you know in the retail association this guy's like talking you know presenting like why this is bad for small retailers who are gonna have to go like buy from these big massive companies and there's like a huge power imbalance there the the chairman was like well, didn't you sell your like two retailers to uh, Vistra and NRG? So like re- like independent retailers must like he was basically like shitting on independent retailers for like selling to the big companies. And um, then like the NRG, he would literally at one point I was sitting next to another startup. I won't name them, but we both like openly like gasped because he, <laughs> he basically started like advocating for the Gen Taylor model. 
like for the Vistra and NRG or whatever. Even like looking at it, I'm like, I'm not, I don't think he's like, maybe, uh, who knows? Like he gets a job at NRG in two years or whatever. I was like joking about, you could see that happening, but he may just be like, you know, this proposal was put out. It looks and feels good. Right. He actually isn't front. He's never like been at a retail or a trade. He has like a general finance background. Yeah. It's like a lower risk. Yeah. Like here's the thing that can be a win and just trying to like push it through like the stakeholder process or whatever. And what basically in my mind is like an existential threat to their ERCOT market. And like, not only that, it's like circumventing the legislature because the legislature had like, it's in, I forget like what ruling it was or whatever, but if you were to move to a capacity market, it would have to go through them. And so interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you think there could be like a lawsuit if it, if it goes through? Well, that's where I, like, yeah. Like obviously I'm not, I was just like sitting there being like, what the heck is going on? Um, but in talking to like other people in that group, they're like, oh, there's like all the like actual kind of like bureaucratic or like administrative hangups. We could like get them on or whatever. Yeah. What always shocks me about this stuff is if you talk to someone who's like really on, in the know about, you know, what's happening behind the scenes. I don't mean cigars right. and back rooms, but I mean like just what are the dynamics? The fact that someone actually has to say that that has to go. All right, you just listen to this. Here's what's actually happening. Right. Like that's evidence of what we're right, discussing right, right, right now. Right. Like, but it I don't, you know, it's not it's not like a yeah, it's not it's not a cigar like <laughs> like there's yeah. no like smoke in the like this was all just like playing out in the normal process. You know. No, it's um, more so just like here are the stakeholders and incentives and dynamics that right. are like at work that right. the super informed are aware of. Right. But the public facing like case being made yeah. is just this like totally sort of facade. Totally. Yeah. And so it is like, you know, you can keep it as an energy only market or just like make it a normal, transparent capacity market if you want to go like do what the Northeast is doing or whatever. And so the irony is so there's two two things. One, like the irony, and then we'll stop on the LSE obligation, is that the Gentilers had forward sold their capacity. They each energy investor lost a billion dollars in Winter Storm Uri because they had sold off their capacity to some other group. And then when they didn't physically show up, they had to spot buy in the market to like fill that order of the capacity they'd sold off. So it doesn't fix anything. Like that's what everyone knows openly. Like yeah, yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. is like, wait, they just they didn't show up. they sold the capacity. Like this in an LSE ob- obligation, like the same exact thing would have happened. Cause they had, didn't have firm gas and like they didn't, they just didn't show up. So that's my perspective on that. But the point here is that the same consulting group that wrote the paper, like the LC for NRG. And I don't know if Vistra like was openly supportive or not. Like, it's not like all the big, you know, there's, there's like different dynamics even amongst the big players. So I'm not even saying it's like this, you know, they're all aligned on this. The same consulting firm just got hired by ERCOT or no, the PUC to run the phase two design of like the market forms that we're going to implement. And so they just basically were like a paid arm of NRG and now they're representing the regulatory body. I don't know how this <laughs> stuff works, but that doesn't feel right. Doesn't it's feel the right. same thing. It's the same doesn't thing as right. like, you know, you've, you've seen the pictures of like whatever Scott Gottlieb or whatever his name is. He's like, he was like head you know high up at the fda and then now he's on the board at pfizer or whatever like we've seen like people just 
you know, the whole revolving yeah, yeah, door, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. um, whether it's pharma or anything else, but like, this is like, it, it's like a more like, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's another it's like, level. What's the difference yeah. between a consultant and like someone who works for that company, just like switching. And over. it's wild to me because like I, you know, coming from like the evaluation consulting side of like people, you know, utilities have energy efficiency programs and then consultants implement those and then other consultants evaluate those. And like that has a wall. You right. aren't allowed to like, even though they're separate parts of the company, like you can't evaluate something that's been implemented by your consultancy. Mm-hmm. And so the fact yeah. that like that wall exists, but then like it doesn't exist in making rate, like in like the bigger rate recommendations, yeah. like right. big, which is objectively like a lot more critical than how effective an energy efficiency program is, is kind of wild to me. Right. Very specific rules. Yes. For, for new things. I mean, maybe that's part of it too, is like, as times have changed, like going back to the inertia point, like people make these, these decisions, but right. like when a lot of these things were set up, like, right. And even people what didn't think about it. Right. And what you're saying there is like, at some point it maybe made sense and it's not like malicious. I don't know that it may even made sense. It just wasn't thought about like consultants probably weren't used as much. Think the grid wasn't as complex when right. a lot of these things were right. set up. Right. And now right. it's like regulators don't know. I mean, th- there are some regulators that, are like very sophisticated, but like this stuff is really complicated. Right. And so like, right. You can't expect the average person that's trying to make sense of this to necessarily working as a regulator to like know all the ins and outs of every component of the grid. And so they bring in a consultant, but like that probably didn't exist when the grid was just like, and I think that, I mean, (laughs) it is, that is true. Like for sure. And even looking at like, you know, the, the PUCT or whatever, but that's where the whole, like, Oh, like the expert, like class or whatever like just like you can find someone very credentialed who just like has a point of view on something yeah it doesn't mean they're unbiased just the fact that they're very knowledgeable that they're informed you know? yeah, 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 you know yeah. oh like, no 100 like, like, percent. yeah so when you have yeah people they need to go get like experts or whatever but that yeah. doesn't you know it's no i'm mean, yeah it doesn't make them unbiased i'm just saying that's probably why it wasn't like written as a thing because like there wasn't really thought of when they were like inventing whatever rules. right i don't know what rules actually exist for PUCs. Part part of what this makes me think about is, you know, we tend to really lash out at utilities who are doing things we feel are bad because they're yeah. sort of like the interest, the, the stakeholder, right? I feel like we don't often talk about how serious the job of being a regulator is. Yeah. And regulators have power. Yeah. Right? Like, it's... <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm, I guess I'm not going to come out with necessarily the strongest statement here because I I don't know the process, but it always just seemed a little misapplied to me, right? Like, of course, utilities are going to do what's in their interest. How could we expect otherwise? Right. Where's like really solid regulators? Where are they? Right. Because um, that's the only way this works. There's an element there, and by the way, let me say like that that consulting firm like I know a bunch of people there. Like they're very smart, like good analysis. Oh yeah, I don't totally. think that yeah. they're like wrong or corrupt or anything like that. I'm just like who yeah. you know who's getting paid what or like where their interest lies and their incentives well, that, are. Or that's kind of what I'm trying to say. Like right. the the position of being a regulator should be thought of as like a justice on the Supreme Court. You know, it's like right. this sort of like holy space with utmost ethics and like this almost like dogmatic but approach even even within that and i think this is actually the important my takeaway is that like oftentimes regulators are acting on the sort of 
like on the side of like institutional inertia. Cause like you, you even look at Texas, like everyone's looking for a solve, but yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. we just have like big power plants and like, you know, certain reserve margins and we have an energy only structure and you can't just like go build more power plants or whatever. So you're just feeling around for like, how are we going to fix this? Yeah, and like, you're yeah. going to turn to like the people with authority in the room who are oftentimes like the big private companies or the big utilities yeah. or whatever. And, and like, that's just like how the whole thing works. And it is inherently a much more like political position than a, yeah. a justice, right? Like these are, these people, uh, you know, are often elected, yeah, and they're not like lifetime short term, right? Like, and... yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so I, I like the way I always look at institutions is just like a filter on progress when they're doing their job right. You know what I mean? Like, so you can look at how you know the innovation caucus is like stepping into the room, like, no, we're gonna do demand response. Like, like we have smart thermostats and like generators and batteries, <laughs> and everyone's like, what are you talking? Like, how you were incorporated two years ago? Like, you're literally like, we're not handing you the keys, man. Are you like, even thirty? Like, what are you talking? <laughs> about? Like, I understand. Like, like actually, I get I'm it. Thirty yeah. under thirty. Yeah, Thank you like, very um, much. <laughs> I just turned thirty a month ago. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. But, there's, yeah. I think that just coming back to the John Oliver segment, it's like, that's what I like don't find productive about that. Like monolithic view is like, yes, utilities have been around for 150 years, but there's also a reason that they've been around that long. Like we still have lights, you know, like Mm -hmm. things work like pretty well, you know, and you have to like understand that until something is like completely proves itself to be superior. Like that's going to be kind of the, um, the status quo, I guess. There's the people that you see like in the, in the hearings, right. And like the commissioners, right. But like regulators are just another bureaucracy of a lot of people right? who are like generally from the ones I've met, like pretty smart people who are really overloaded with a lot of things at like mm-hmm. totally a kind of like standard level government job. That's like, for the state i mean they are given a lot of responsibility to like fix everything for a job that is like inherently like generally considered pretty uncool like (laughs) yeah you're not getting like a lot of like young people out of school being like let me go work at the regulator i mean they had um one company did a whole like fellowship to regulatory companies they were like trying to like get young people and they were like we'll pay for you to like go to a regulator for a year Really? Do you guys remember that? Like no. a couple of years ago. No. It was this like whole thing to get young people there because they were like, they're really hard problems to solve. Right. Oh, I do remember. That wasn't a company though. That was, that was DOE. Oh. I'm well, pretty yeah. sure that was DOE. I mean, okay. they well, like basically made sort of like a fellowship program. DOE, you know, company, yeah. whatever. I kind of dig that. Yeah. They're like, we need just like smart, like diverse perspectives injected into right and so they basically were like right so so good on doe for doing that because they were kind of recognizing this like institutional inertia and being like how do we get like people with like different ideas who like are thinking about things differently maybe gonna be more willing to take risks because i think utilities are risk averse i think regulators were even more risk averse i mean all that stuff's important and i do uh it's actually hilarious from the wolf of wall street when leo like the sec regulator or whatever is like you know he's like throwing a hundred dollar bills at him and is like you're like 
your balls are going to sweat when you ride home on the subway. Like you <laughs> like your life sucks, you know, like, but then they have the shot of the guy after like Leo goes to jail or Jordan Belford or whatever, like riding on the subway and looking like kind of miserable. And the comment is kind of like, you're, you're putting like a lot of responsibility uh, to your point. People who are like very motivated, like very smart, like doing God's work, like not getting thanked for it, not making a ton of money. And you probably like when you look at something like Texas, like, you know, this thing goes through and it's like, oh, you really understand the regulatory process. Like, why don't you come over and work here? You've been like in regulation for like 10 years or whatever. Like you under like, I don't think there, there's nothing like malicious there. It's like, oh, yeah, you like went and got your payday, you know, like that's like how things were. I mean, I don't know how to design against that. Like to your point, like yeah. you can. Oh, let's get like young, motivated kids in. But in a lot of where I'm like coming from is like, you kind of have to like remove the. You want to tear the, it down. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> like, like remove the weight of the decision that those bodies can, that bureaucracies can make, I guess. I'm not sure what that means. So like, if you're worried about like regulatory capture, one way to look at it is reducing the, ability for that body to like oh, greatly oh, oh, influence oh, oh, oh. the outcome of something this was my nem3 like thing which is like reducing the surface area right for like exactly these for, issues for yeah, can yeah, you, yeah. fuckery you yeah. know <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, can you remind us of that argument that's a good one to jump into yeah why don't we actually talk yeah. about nem3 yeah. a little bit um it's very relevant I, I will get to that argument really quickly. And by the way, let me just say, like, that's not like some like libertarian, like small government view. It's it's literally just like thinking about power structures like, and like, like how to like build things, yeah. democratic like bulwarks against that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like an anti-government stance. Yeah. No, like, no, for sure. I just like you. you give this body power, like it's you know it's not always going to go the way that you want it to go. Like in the case of Nem Three, I'm sure you'll detail. But well, I think something that's really interesting about Nem Three versus ERCOT, LSE obligation stuff, right? Is you sort of watched Jen Taylor's basically like ram this thing through. It felt like a power grab. Yeah. Like ultimately. And there was like little opposition. There right. was like a, a caucus of, you know, what? Tw- no, but 21 the, year old the, the other, entrepreneurs, the other you know, on the... with their, with their converse on. You know? <laughs> no, there was a uh, lot yeah. of people in the room that yeah. were like not, I mean, pub- it may get rammed through though. anyway. I mean, publicly right. there were like people weren't, but the other commissioners like had tons of reservations. We don't know where it's going to go. Right. But like, yeah, there was opposition in the room, but well, I think what's interesting is so with NEM three, which is the changing of how in theory, solar exports are valued. Although it's way more than that. That was a huge controversy, right? It was, it was massive. It fired, people up publicly like celebrities were getting involved all this stuff yeah and what you saw happened is the cup kind of said like whoa let's pump the brakes this is getting crazy i think a lot of people thought oh maybe maybe we had an effect here maybe there's going to be a reevaluation it seemed to be more of a let's let this thing cool off and get back to it in a few months um it's back now right um similar players are doing similar analyses um and the main issue that is being made, um, it's not about how much money do you get for your exports or is it guaranteed or not. It's you're changing my imports, right? Right. You're putting me yeah. on a prejudicial rate class just for having solar. Even if my exports are like perfectly techno-economically like neoliberally dealt with. 
Right. Um, and that's what people were like super upset about. And so a new slightly revised proposal has been advanced that like increases the non-bypassable charges a little bit, which I think is fine and probably makes sense. It also like adds something which kind of feels like what the community credit was for New York community solar, but this like, hey, you get a little extra money just to like keep you yeah. happy for a little while. Yeah. And then we'll ratchet it back over a few years, like a bribe. Right. It has a bribe in it. Um, <laughs> no, that's not right. It has a something, you know. Um, and then it also like proposes like a vague sort of like community DERS thing, which I think is like a VDER. Uh, basically, like anyone should be able to connect to the distribution grid and get the avoided cost calculators number. Right. Um, what it doesn't do is address the solar tax, right? Right. Um, and, but it's being advanced as this like big solution. Like we've ironed out all the problems. Um, so I don't know if we have to like dig deep into every little thing, but I think it's just interesting because it's like a good example of how dense these structures are, right? right? You can, you can like with your sort of like dying breath, pull together the co coalition that's like going to fucking go for it and like try to make this stop. Yeah. And all I have to do is press pause for three months. Public sentiment goes away. Right. Like you can't get yes. people riled right. up yes. like Twice. multiple times. Yeah. Like it's too hard. And now like, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. This is, this is, you know, brand new as of, you know, days ago. Um, it's seeking public input again, although not accepting any new uh, parties to the public input. And yeah, so it's, I don't know, just another example of like how this stuff can work. Right. But you can't, I mean, you do see sometimes like the public sentiment could actually like redouble and like build on the, like yeah. on the, the next time we're like, no, 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 we didn't forget. And like, yeah. we're even more pissed now. Yeah. I feel like if you're, if you're like the academic sort of like theorist who looks at like economics and regulation, you'd probably say like, that's actually what has to happen. Like the system has to like be so offensive that people right. actually like break it. Yeah. Right. Um, That's yeah. kind of what I was saying before. It's like, it's like a filter on progress in a way. And like the progress has to like justify itself. Like, no, we have a different, yeah, better yeah, way of yeah, doing yeah. things. That's the idealistic version. <laughs> the, the, what does end up happening though, is the like, well, let's just burn it down. Cause like, this is corrupt. Yeah, there's there's and the without having like a, yeah. a, a mechanism for like implementing change or whatever. It's just like, let's rip this thing apart. But I do actually it's funny. Uh, <laughs> like I watched it was so bad, but the super pumped show um, <laughs> and especially I really like, wanted it to be great. Too. Yeah, I was a little bummed. I just like as my friend called it like business porn, which is like, <laughs> like I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what it is. But I, I one interesting tidbit that I took away and I've like talked to people about it since is like Uber very effectively used like populist outrage to like influence city hall. So they would like mm -hmm. rally up all the drivers mm -hmm. and like send them to city hall and they'd be like, screw you. Like, let us like ride yeah, Uber. Yeah, like, yeah, hate yeah. taxis. Yeah. No, I remember them doing campaigns about like something about like moms or something too, who like preferred to use Uber if they had to send their kids somewhere. Cause you could like see it on an app and we're like taxis are sketchy. Right. And yeah. like got all the moms together and right. like took them to city hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you could see how, like who knows if the show is actually accurate, but you could see how the same conversation is happening between Travis Kalanick and the regulator nothing no progress is happening they're cracking down until there's now oh now it's a political issue right mm -hmm. and we okay we'll we'll 
we'll have some solution here or whatever. Well, right. you, I mean, you really saw the California Solar and Storage Association do that. Uh, right. At M- M3, they like showed up and right. made it like a big scene. Right. Um, and yeah, to some extent it was But the important effective. takeaway here is that I, where I kind of, you know, my loss of innocence was like, oh, you show up at the PUC, everyone's super qualified, everyone's like an expert, and we're going to talk this out and we're going to find the best solution because we all want that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that's not the reality. And so I have said, I mean, I do think part of what where we wanted to get today is I have had this perspective. I've said it before. I don't really know what it means still, except that Uber tidbit is like, I do think the DER space needs to be more kind of like militant and at least wide, clear eyed about we are going against like institutional power structures. And even in states that are pro DERs, like New York and we can yeah. talk about yeah, New York again. in a second. Right. And even yeah, with California, yeah. like we're not talking about like Florida, you know, <laughs> yeah. or Georgia or like these right. vertically inter- like that's a whole that's different thing. That's going to take a crazy thing. That's yeah, probably yeah. more John Oliver asked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> like, the which book, is why, that's right? The I mean, he focused yeah. mostly on like the southeast in Ohio right. and then like California cuz like whatever California is having its own its, its own, own issues. issues. Yeah. But like Yeah. There's an interesting thread in that though, right? So the the worst regulatory capture which is less common, but the the boogeyman stuff, yeah, happens where we didn't make markets, yeah, right, right, <laughs> right, yep. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in California, integrated. where we like yeah. sort of made a market, right, 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 yeah, hmm, right, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's almost like markets help, yeah, at hmm. least, yeah, well regulated ones too, you know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. you don't have to be like a freewheeling capitalist to kind of believe in that. Um, sorry, I cut you off though. You were going somewhere. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I mean, I think I was just like agreeing with the inertia of even good regulators and institutional places that like want to make progress are also kind of in that right Right. Mm -hmm. everybody's in it right like even even if everyone like thinks that some some things could be done better and like there's always these constraints that sort of how how far you can go like they're like banging their heads against the wall too. Yeah, yeah. and totally. so everyone's yeah. just kind of like sitting there, being like, ah. "I have a, I actually have a great <laughs> example of that." <laughs> Talking about New York, this is my other kind of like, "Oh my god, regulatory processes." But so in New York, there's like two kind of issues we've been working on. One, they have like rightfully cracked down on predatory retailers, like selling like crazy fixed prices to customers. Right. There's a whole, there's a lot wrong with how they actually implemented the regulation that we can get into, but the, the primary one, just like this funny exchange I had with a staff member where, so we have a software product that like integrates with customers, DERs and like gets them demand response. And, um, we also sell the supply. So one of the, they only have four products you can do. Like one is green. One is like a fixed cap on the. 12 month trailing average for the utility. So your Ford price has to beat the historical price, which that, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, and uh, third is a guaranteed savings product. Um, fourth is like a kind of new thing they're still working on or whatever, but they have a calculator for like how your rate stacks up to the utility rate. So if you're going to guarantee savings in your rate against the utility rate. Um, so our software can do things like um, lower your capacity tag, but now when you lower your capacity tag, it actually, if the utility is charging you, you just have a lower tag. So like our software did that, but you're going to see the same savings reflected in the utility rate. Same would be like if we could do. Sorry, when you said you're saying on the delivery side. 
No, like if they're doing supply too. Like the default, the customer by default oh, is on oh, the oh. utility rate. That rate is delivery. And then the supply rate is capacity and energy. Mm-hmm. So if we lower the capacity tag, their capacity costs go down. But the utility, there's no way for us to claim that we've saved the, the, the against cal- the yeah. utility rate. The utility gets to take the baseline They of how the calculator it's, it works in the baseline. And so there's other things like that. Like if we were to lower, install a smart thermostat and lower consumption. Um, if there were settling to the meter and there was a high price event and we like discharged the battery, you know, our software did that and we wanted to take a cut of the savings involved, like that would also show up in the LBMP pass through on the utility rate. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the staff member literally said, so our solve was like, okay, we'll do a guaranteed savings rate where we're basically going to take like demand response revenue, which is revenue and like subsidize our own rate. So it's just like, we're just like moving the money around. Right. And to get credit for all the other savings we're generated, we're just going to put like a you know few dollar a month like software fee and still report to the customer like, look at all these savings. And they're like, you can't take credit for these savings line items and you have to put the software fee in the total right. charges for, so like the cost count and the savings don't. And he's not being like, he was like, yeah. I think your product is great. Like I would let, like you, this can provide a lot of value. Yeah, he was just communicating. I just have the, the rules. rules in front of me. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is how I calculate the rate. Yeah. And like, this is how it works. And so he's not like, you know, trying to like squash us, you know, and like pro utility yeah. or whatever. It's just like, this is going to take a year for us to like work through the freaking thing. Redo if the it works, hopefully. And like who, right. And then it's like, does that anyone there have the time to do that? Is totally. Like, where does it fall in their priority list? Yeah. And then there's like always break cases happening. I know. And then like the staff changes, but then you have to work up to like the actual commissioners, whatever. Mm-hmm. What, what was interesting was they were like, you know, just get this out into the market under a rule that works and then like come to us with data. So it's like good, like there's like a good regulatory process that's <laughs> still like, this is like the best you're going to get in yeah. a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aside from like, I don't know, maybe Texas, you can just like do whatever you want. But um, <laughs> for now, <laughs> for now, let her rip. can't do index products anymore. What you're describing is like a pretty classic libertarian argument that I'm down for actually, which is let's say like the regulator narrowly conceives of what a retailer is right right has these narrow paths and then essentially but you know regulates against the bad versions of these old school retailers but essentially at the same time says retailers will be nothing ever than what they were right right? like the the regulation cannot conceive of a new model right because it's like structurally built into it right and so you you run this risk of when you overly regulate something you you sort of like condemn the loss of what never was, right? Right, totally. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, another you can't another no might another exist, way of right? saying it is like, and this is like, I mean, I don't know, but like a, a high level like conception of society that people like actually debate is you can have a system that sort of penalizes wrongdoers or tries to like proactively prevent them from emerging mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so like obviously if you're doing the latter you're going to also eliminate like There's good actors casualties like, of war like there. freedom to yeah. act in a way you know yeah. what i mean and so yeah um you yep. know there's i'd probably say in this case it's better to like you know punish the like let someone commit a crime and then go get them Beat instead them of like trying to like stop all the crimes from happening or whatever but yeah yeah 
traffic cameras it versus is, traffic cops? It is a hard yeah. question to like. De- no, data. I think yeah. they to went in the wrong line. direction here. Yeah, 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 but like. So what's going on totally with, with data? Let us know. Yeah. Um. So the data one is actually like this is more what I would call like actual <laughs> regulatory capture. Colleen knows this I'll story. Have, I'll have some different opinions. I'm but. sorry. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so Con Ed rolled out Zigbee enabled meters, which my understanding is there is an extra cost in that. So that was like put in the rate base. So we go to Con Ed, we want real-time data so we can like use that real-time data to like use our software and like do demand charge management, all this good stuff or whatever. So we can install a $99 device that just picks up the Zigbee connection from the meter. So we're getting like revenue grade meter data live. Via Wi-Fi, right? Zigbee. You, like you don't have to uh, modify the meter or anything. Right. Yeah. It's and all we have to do is like send the barcode, like the code on the meter to Con Ed and they like turn it on, turn the Zigbee connection on for us. Mm-hmm. Um, they say it's a cybersecurity threat, even though this is like a read-only device. Yeah, there's no and push. Yeah. Michael Murray at Mission Data tells me the story of in Colorado, I think it was like uh, Excel had the same position, but then he has the chief information officer literally reversing his position in sworn testimony being like, yeah, we said it was cybersecurity threat, but it's just absolutely not like technically speaking, like there's no way to like hack the network through these like Zigbee connections or whatever. Um, But Con Ed is making the same argument. They're saying like one that's been overturned or whatever and the PS like the, the, the regulators probably like, don't really know. Like they're not like just, yeah, let's sign with Con Ed. But I think there's a, um, there's basically a, um, like a, an expert who's like a P- James put that in quotes for the people yes. <laughs> <laughs> who has not worked in the private sector is literally just like a professor at like some New York university who's basically just like rubber stamping Con Ed's position. And so the PSC is like, well, the expert says like it's a cybersecurity threat. And so it's like, what are we going to do now? Like there's no like process, like how am I going to move this ball forward? Um, At the same time, what we can do is pay Con Ed $750 to roll a truck out, then install a $500 gateway device, which which our people's time to. So it's $2,000. to pick up a pulse output from the meter, which a is like meter. optical, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for for two grand, it's the same. We're the same we're data comes out of that data. We're yeah. reading demand data. If one's a cybersecurity threat, like, the what, other is yeah. too. Like, <laughs> like yeah, what yeah. are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, oh well, why don't you get Nicerta to like fund that? And it's like, why don't you just give us the meter that the rate the ratepayers pay Nicerta? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what yeah, are you yeah. talking about? So the third option is we have built an API with Con Ed through their like share my data, which is a two hour lag on the data. So yep. it's not real time, but they're like, well, it's real time enough, you know, <laughs> and like it doesn't always like we're working through like there's some bugs in it and stuff. So it's like, which may be on our side too. So I'm not saying like the API is crap, but it's like, you know, the, the regulators could look at that and be like, well, you have the real time data API, but it's like, yeah, but it's not real time. And like also... Why don't you refund everyone for the Zigbee meters they can't use anymore? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's just this crazy stuff that, like, this is not from, like, a cybersecurity engineering perspective. Like, this is such an obvious answer. Like, we all know it. And I don't even – it's not even, like, in Con Ed's interest to, like, 
not allow this. It's just like the their position. It's just yeah. like, who, like who knows where party it came line. from? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not like rolling a truck is like good for Con Ed. No, because like, that's, that's like on our opex. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, like, why, like, why are you doing it? You know what I mean? Like, you can fund, say the Zigbee's not good enough, fund Wi-Fi meters, rate base that. Like, just go buy even more expensive meters. Like, that should be your incentive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why are you... So you know what I mean? Like, it's not we even always as simple. start over and do all new meters again. Exactly. <laughs> it's not even... You can't even always explain it with incentives. It's just like... Sometimes in these big bureaucracies, like it's just these like opinions just emerge. Like we care about it's like a legal liability thing. Like we have to care about cybersecurity. Thus, anything that touches our system is bad, and that's going to be our default position until you like overturn it. You know what I mean? Which I understand too because they're trying to avoid liability. But like it's completely maddening. It's that I don't know. Anyways, I'll shut up. But that that's like way more insidious than the John Oliver stuff. Yeah, and I think that goes back, like, a little bit to how we, like, again, back to, like, what the regulators should be thinking about. And, like, they want to be able to come and say, like, utility bad and something goes wrong. But I think if you're going to move things forward, like, you need to be willing to remove some of that liability from the utility and what they're doing in order to make these decisions, right? Like, right, what the utility needs there is someone to say, like, we believe Zigbee's not bad, and like if it goes bad, right. we're not gonna, you know, come out and say public power. Beat up the utility, <laughs> right? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> which is yeah, which I understand. You know, which yeah. is like, and like, how do you get and how do you get to that point? I mean, that's like the inertia that exists. So it, it just kind of so utilities love yeah the other dynamic here. We all know they love rate basing capex, but they don't like opex or liabilities, legal liabilities. No. So those those other two are like less understood. I guess. Like, <laughs> what do we? I mean, what do we do? Do we have any resolution or not really? We do have one more type of regulatory capture to talk about. Yeah. Right. We talked about the boogeyman. Mm. Then we talked about like the proceeding and the people and the sort of like background processes and all this stuff. And the like kind of like how that can be corrupted that like normal process in a way. Yeah. Without like blatant corruption. Yeah. It's just sort of like built in and yeah. clunky and stuff. And then there's the like dumb like bureaucrat, just like who even knows why this is captured, but it is. Yeah, we have we have the third kind, which is like when the AI turns against you. You know what I mean? Like it's just like the thing you built now, like no one likes it, but it's still like hitting you. Yeah, and that's uh, solar tariffs, right? Oh my god! Like we have this wild, and I'm definitely not an expert on this, but like with the Department of Commerce and the way tariffs work, you can make this case that like a U.S. industry is being hurt. Um, we have this wild situation where this like sort of artisanal solar module manufacturer, um, but lo- not like nice artisanal. I drink, no, like, yeah, not, I drink craft beer and have artisanal like, solar. It's you know, not actually, like, oh, it's, I, it's less that. It's more like like some moonshine maker exactly, in the mountains, one hundred percent, who makes a weird product. Um, uh, you know, he hands it to um, you, and it's like just a plastic jug with like X's as eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like corroding. It's... <laughs> I actually know nothing about their product. I just know they're tiny. Yeah. Um, but uh, like, cool. you know, this oh, there was li- an article on like, some like burn, yeah. burn marks on the panels. Yeah, there w- and there was a just a classic Eric Westhoff good. article, which like I love this guy so much. This felt like early GTA. He goes stuff. the fuck in as always. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Definitely goes the fuck in as always. 
um, like went drove to their factory and there were like two cars in the parking lot and like six foot weeds coming out and like you know it was just like practically abandoned yeah um colleen and i know some people who did some really good analysis on public data sets we're not going to mention who they are yeah and found uh oxen solar's made like a handful of solar panels like it's a joke yeah but they found this like narrow path through the regulatory process and the existing like sort of rules of the road uh for how tariffs work and like they're gonna get this thing passed yeah, is that, um, or like so that's very, what I was reading about. Like, that's the expectation. Like, or like it is like there's a, a little darn late. good chance, right? You know, like who knows what's gonna happen. I know, and it's like a weird hangup too. It's like that China is like circumventing the tariffs by like manufacturing in in like, Vietnam. Yeah, well, like which they are. Yeah, <laughs> but like uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like what if they open a factory in Germany? Right. Like, what are, what are we doing here? Yeah, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's gonna have a massive impact on the solar industry. And the weird thing is. None of the regulators, none of the political machine, like no one wants it right. and we can't stop it. That's what I said. Like the AI turns against you. It's just like, yeah, what, it, it's what just is like it like out the of com- control? The commerce, know? whatever. It, uh, what's the board that's like, what's like the regulatory body? The that's Department like, of Commerce or. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. 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 That's but like, like even like the, the people in there aren't like yeah terror they're right, just kind of like kind of like the staff they're the staff he's like it's on the paper yeah, like, like, it's, this is the rule here's how the calculator works we <laughs> right, got to put your right. software costs and yeah right. like it's the same thing yeah um but there's just no stakeholder other than yeah this um you know this uh this craft solar module manufacturer right. uh who wants it it's like totally bizarre and it's going to grind a massive industry like not to a halt of course but like massively slow it down right like at exactly the time we should be building domestic energy it's totally fucking wild here's what's really insane to me about this i mean i'm like i've gone on about i'm like the we need to onshore supply chains guy and like tariffs is like that doesn't that's not the way to do it it don't work we also need to simultaneously deploy and like those don't have to be mutually exclusive but um the Biden administration announced three billion for domestic battery manufacturing and supply chains. I was like, "This is awesome," but like, why? What about solar? Like, can we just go, <laughs> yeah. let's just go pay the guy off? Like, he made like fifty million bucks last year, I think. Like, just go give him like a hundred million dollar grant to like build another factory. <laughs> you know, like, we like we if if the you know uh, like the it's the bipartisan infrastructure law, just like. Gave this guy more Just money like to like solar pull manufacturing the case grants. out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the political solution. Can he right? pull the case out at this point? Is that like a thing he can do, or once it's like in there? Yeah. Does it I mean, have I don't to know. Like, so is I, it become its own? I don't want to get it. This is when we need Sophia as a fact checker. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Sophia, you're hired. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure both uh, the the entity that advanced the case, and I do think there's a means by which the um executive branch can kill it right um but it's like never been done before like it's right. it's like a big move right um but yeah if you were to kind of tee up some some solar manufacturing pork and uh then kill it at the same time but it's also like i you know i say that but 
it's also just what we should be doing anyways. Yes. No, no, for like sure. He, like I that don't know, should exist. Maybe Eric Westhoff's article is right or whatever, but he's, if he's like a competent, like manufacturer and like knows stuff, like, <laughs> no, 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 this is like not, a huckster. Okay. This yeah, is like, a, okay. Okay. I mean like maybe, like, maybe they made a decent product at one point, but like, the thing, yeah, like somebody like, like bought it just to like do this basically. Right. But what's like, funny is they just like buy all the components from elsewhere anyways, and only assemble them. Yeah. What's it called? It's a, uh, like a last screw manufacturer. Like, yeah. You just yeah. like get everything until the point of like you turn a Phillips head screwdriver a quarter of a turn. You're like made in America, baby. Yeah, that's what it is. Which is like so dumb. <laughs> it's dumb that we're having this yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But I, I'd be pro. I mean, we should be subsidizing solar manufacturing at home. Hell like, yeah. Not doing tariffs. Like they don't work. Yeah. Commerce should also have to look at like net jobs of the decision like how many jobs they would kill on like in the install side versus like how many manufacturing jobs would be created there should be some like i think the irony is is like versus this 50 megawatt per year producer of solar modules what What, what is that a hundred people versus like Like thousands of like hundred thousands in solar installers no but this is where duncan's right it's like the ai turning against you because like it wouldn't we wouldn't create jobs (laughs) we we would just lose jobs people would just pay more for solar panel like it just yeah we would yeah yeah, we would doesn't mean we're gonna make them yeah no we would lose jobs and it would be terrible and everyone knows that but no one can do anything about it are we blackpilled? Everybody get riled up because the only way we're going to we do this. We need a this. populist. Go to the commerce. What is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tear go down to- the AI. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see iRobot? No, actually, we're, dude, we're going to get kicked off Spotify for like inciting a riot or something. We, we can't oh. even we can't joke well, about That was all James. It wasn't Colleen and yeah, I. Right. You know, nice. uh, I put up a nice poster on the uh, plaza of the Department of Commerce and sit there quietly. <laughs> Thank yeah, you very peaceful, much. quiet, just go like lie down on the steps or something, you know? Yeah. yeah, so what do we do? Yeah, we described like the full the full spectrum and all its glory of regulatory capture. Yeah. Uh, I do think it starts with just like fixing the narrative machine, which I do, I, I skimmed it. So tell me if I'm getting it wrong, but uh, Jesse Jenkins... Like right now we have like Republicans being like drill, baby drill, like renewables suck. And then you have like a lot of people on the left being like heat pumps and renewables only to like beat Putin. Never drill. And Jesse again. Jenkins yeah, yeah. was just like, why don't we just like drill and also do clean energy? And like eventually the drilling will like go away. Yeah. It's energy abundance. Yes. This is the. Uh, you know it's the play the kieran and colleen uh platform that i i'm I'll, that you guys got my vote um yeah so we solve it by kieran and i running a joint ticket correct um, that's the solve <laughs> that, that is the solve yeah i mean i think you have to start like i regulatory engagement i think is complicated and slow moving but you i think that's like what you do like you gotta put in the work yeah to like educate and move people along and like push for those things because in m3 you know maybe they won't show up again but like they did show up and it did make yeah for sure it did make a up them pause in their thinking right it will change it this time um and i think also like what doe was doing like we need to get we need there are good people. There are good regulators, but we need to continue the pipeline of like even better regulators and like people who can like go in and think creatively and like get things changed. 
I don't know. Maybe that's me being too naive because we just talked about how this is all structural. No, so I don't but know I how do. you change the structure of it. But I guess like changing the people could maybe help a little bit. No, I mean, I think like st- Tim's golden rule, you'd st- stay alive. Just stay alive. <laughs> just stay alive. Just like, don't die, stay man. In yeah. Stay in the yeah. game. Stay um, in the game. No, but even like if, you know, there's a crushing blow in California with like NEM3 or with tariffs, it's like, you know, I do, I do have the sense that like the technology is superior. People want these solutions and like that wins over the inertia over time, which is yeah. like coming back to my like, as much as I want to rail on institutions, like they are a filter on actual like good solution, like progress, like it should be able to overcome all these obstacles or whatever. Um, that doesn't make it like that optimistic you know what i mean it's like it's still like not a great reality but yeah like, you it'll just, eventually like, work itself through. out yeah, yeah like yeah. could be 40 years instead of four though you right. know what i mean yeah, we like, need to move faster yeah. i mean it's hard so you can't really do like the uber strategy of just ignoring the regulations when it comes to electricity like it just doesn't work the same way yeah yeah know? yeah um yeah, just like connect and be like <laughs> fucking pay me yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No man, we're building Uber for electricity. That's what I, <laughs> was that what the Series A deck looked like? Exactly. Yeah. That was the first slide. The, I mean, and there's there's another side to this too, though, which is like if if capture lead, leads to repetitive bad social outcomes, like eventually it gets like something big and right. that happens and right. people freak out. The irony like, is, and this is where like like it uh, collapses under its own weight. I right. guess yeah. is the idea. I think there is <laughs> another another fact check, but I do think there's like an econ 101 principle on like monopoly pricing. Like, you know, obviously it can get high enough where like literally the like the grid defection becomes viable. Like there's always like it could some in California. Yeah, it could like yeah. so. No, like you know, it is <laughs> like it almost it, you you actually end up almost seeing the opposite, which is really interesting. Is like the more like messed up bureaucratically things get like the more it actually accelerates like the things it's trying to crush it's like turning up the volume yeah. right yeah because like you'll get like the more broken the system gets like the more dumb policies yeah. they push through like the more outages you see the more like the higher the rates get because like it's yeah. not market driven anymore and it's like doesn't make sense and then so people are just like i'm out like i'm installing a generator and some solar and like Peace. Peace out. <laughs> it's like, I mean, like, we'll see what just, yeah. you'll, we'll see what happens. But I've seen two off-grid resi as a service companies be founded in the past few months that yeah. are like have like legit people running them. Right. Um. In in uh California, Texas, and New Jersey, and I don't think it makes like economic sense. Like, I don't think it's like you're going to save money. It's just like finding the people who are pissed off, basically. Right. Right. But. That's still like a weird signal, you know, like right. yeah. what is like where going we are. On? Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it's a luxury product for it's sure. It's a luxury like, product. Yeah. And it's also a product where I'm always like, but how does it work when your power goes down? Like, I'm always like, if the, if that's like what we move to and then there's an outage, it just feels like total right. chaos. To Wait, me. what do you right. mean an outage? Well, like, I don't know. Well, I guess they like if you're off oh, your generators like work. down for. Yeah. Me. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Like your own outage. You're saying. Yeah. 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 You still get like the same amount of total uptime as like the big grid yeah i mean solar battery <laughs> generator yeah um it's a good design there i have i have a solution okay um vote uh shell and cheeseburger for, <laughs> for governor of california oh shell and burger burger 
I mean, yeah, speaking of how we need good narratives to solve major, like, problems in society, yeah. lucky we have Schellenberger to present them <laughs> for us. <laughs> this is the, this is the problem, though, is, like, yeah, you yeah. get... I'm sorry, like, he is... I, I mean, I don't know him, but he the way he's, like, shifted through various, like, hot-button topics, like, it is a bit, like... I don't know. He's a grifter. Like, yeah, he's a con- he's an intellectual con artist. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what f- when people are like really pissed and they're like really want a solution, like that type of stuff like starts to step in and it's like very unproductive. Yeah, it creates space yeah. for for like, like even John Oliver to an extent. Like you just like get this like fervor going and like it's this like monolithic like utility man bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like that's not what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But what do I mean? What do you do? Is it like, you know, the you just have to wait for like the long, like slow trudge of progress, and like we we wake up in a decade, and like there's just so many durs everywhere that it's like obvious. You know what I mean? <laughs> or yeah, like, yeah. yeah, they're just in the fossil record. You know, it's just like it's the Cambrian explosion of right. durs. Yeah, and no. you just have to like accept that or. No, I don't know. I, I do think no, step I think, one is just like look, like being like, you know, that they don't even have to be malicious, but like the institutions are not our friends. Like that's like my default position. Like they have to like prove that they're my friend. You know? Friend. Hmm. A friend is an interesting term. Like, well, yeah. Just, I, yeah. Saying, no, 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 no. But like You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, ally, I do. like, like I think yeah. yeah. It's really hard because you want them to like continue to do the important things they're doing, but like just being more flexible. Like, how do you make institutions faster? Yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes we're not going to solve it today. What about just perfor- be inflexible? Like performance-based like, rate making for regulation. Performance-based regulation of regulators. It takes different yeah. forms. Like they get like a bonus if yeah, they yeah. like change a rule. Your pay is docked. Didn't New York yeah. tried to do that, didn't they? Well, it's like, well, if you save ratepayers money, we'll no, no, give that, you a cut. No, that's <laughs> performance-based rate making, which is New York does do for right. utilities very successfully. Right. I would biased opinion. It's a good idea. It's a yeah, it's like generally a good idea. Like it does align incentives. But we were saying, what if you did that for the regulators? Like what performance <laughs> performance-based <laughs> regulation of regulators. Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah like they get a nice wait. Would that work? I don't. <laughs> what if they're just like. If your regulators you are like that, you're, the you're gonna go work for NRG anyways. Like we'll just pay you to like be good at this job. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I do think that paying, I do think that like higher paying government salaries would help. Yeah, yeah, I think there's like something to that. Yeah, yeah. It's like regulators it has, it has just like driving like, up to town hall and Maserati. Like they're just making I mean, like two million <laughs> bucks a year, saving everyone so much goddamn money. Yeah, yeah. The the, the NRG <laughs> lobbyist in his lousy Range Rover pulls up. And the regulator's yeah, like, exactly. what the fuck is that, bro? That'd yeah. be great. The regulator's like throwing $100 bills at NRG, like, get out of my office. Like, you know, I'm whereas like right so now, like, it's like poor regulators. Like, they money. can't even, like, no one can even buy them lunch. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. like what, so worried about no, corruption. It, it's like you can't spend $15 on this person's lunch at like, yeah, <laughs> they have to like bring their own lunch to conferences. <laughs> there is something to that where like, we're basically asking like normal people to be like mom. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. And you know then, what I mean? Like, yeah. which is like, and, and like then they're the people making, and then they're doing an incredibly hard job and making yeah. all these decisions. And then we're surprised that they're slow. And you're like, but yeah, or that, like, yeah, I mean, anyway, 
So pay them more. That's that's the answer. Just pay them more. Maybe you just go mask off and you're like, well, everything's like, we're just this big oligarchy. Just start paying like all the regulators because <laughs> like, the, the companies are going to anyways. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I don't know. Na- name it for one, which hopefully we did in a more nuanced way today. Vote for Colleen and Kieran and design good narratives and like, I do. I this is the the last thing I'll say is like, I think it's very toxic to be like. I know what this person is doing, that it's not like like say in John Oliver's case, like, I know what they're doing and like putting this narrative out there to like rile up, the disc like shine a light on it or whatever. Um. So the, like the enemy enemy of my enemy is my friend, in a way. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's also like you are just like handing the mic to like people who don't necessarily know what they're talking about, which I don't think is like productive. Yeah. It's like, like, it's the other side of the Schellenberger coin, right? Which is like, if you don't present good narratives and explanations yourself, like other things will emerge. Some of which maybe are good intentions. Some of which I think are like con man stuff. Right. All of it doesn't help. Yeah. Right. And so you're kind of like, well, you're better than the other guy. Yeah. But then they just end up like being the same yep. eventually. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Something like that. So put we gotta push back on it, basically. Like, don't sorry, like So where this yeah. all goes. Not down with Sean so yeah. Not see... down with him. Yeah, yeah, no, no, say, no, like, no, no, no. We gotta no. be like, no. Like, oh yeah, just to be very sm- clear. The shell and, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's like, funny how he's stop. doing just the same exact con as last time, which is like identify group of contrarians are upset they're not being listened to enough by like yes. popular culture just like give them red meat yes. and then they elect you as their god yes like, it's the Dude, same that exact was, that grift. was how i felt i watching the john oliver i was like oh hell yeah we can rail on utilities now but then i was like wait wait like re- like that's not like even it's it's attract it's attractive like i get it like yeah, people yeah, yeah. want to be oh yeah like that's the bad guy like yeah but I felt very, very attacked <laughs> watching that. I was like, I'm a nice person. <laughs> I know. Colleen's the greatest human. <laughs> All right. So what, basically, we have to present good narratives. What we're saying is if you want to write for the DER Task Force Substack. Yes. Thank um, you. Like, come hit us up. Our, come join our propaganda machine. Yes. But we're sincere. Our truth machine. Our right? truth we, machine. That sounds very propaganda. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that sounds or like Come really join culty. the Ministry of yeah. Truth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but really we, we want to find like awesome people who totally. are thinking through this stuff in the in the way about these topics and we wanna get your get your work out there. Yes, hundred percent. We're gonna be pumping some content out. Do we wanna give big shouts to anyone? We should. I'm gonna give some big shouts to like the staff. At the commission. Yes. I'll give doing... big shouts. Yeah. They've been great with me. Like, I hope that came across. No, that did. You know, New York. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. doing, they're good, doing good things. Yeah. They're doing good things, and the institution is against them. So big shouts to them for doing what they do. Big shouts to them. But also, do more. I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, approve my product. <laughs> Here are some big shouts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, def- I mean, definitely big shouts to whomever is responsible for the, like the de- domestic battery manufacturing stuff. Yeah, that uh, I don't actually know exactly who that like comes from or what. I I mean, it's DOE, right? Yeah, it's yeah, DOE. DOE. I don't think it's the loan program, but also big shouts to the loan program. They've been doing really cool yep. stuff too. 
like th- those two th- things are like really refreshing and exciting. Yeah. Um, more of that. Yeah. Big shouts to Eric Wasoff. Yes. Like, yes. That Oxen Solar reporting has been great. Big shouts to Jesse Jenkins, New York Times. Yep. Good yep. narrative. You yep, know. Yep. Yeah. We can't just drill, but we have to drill and somewhat. Do, yeah. Like it's got to happen. And also like do the renewable energy things. I'm really liking this big shout segment. It's nice to end on like positive, like good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big shouts to uh, Colleen's uh, and my colleague, Nicole Green, for organizing a social media training for our company <laughs> only for our coo to just go ballistic the next day from, on, from, on twitter yeah that was great <laughs> that was great. on oxen solar by the yeah, way you yeah. know a good cause a good cause uh, exactly b- big shouts for uh, a good try yeah. uh, <laughs> all right big shouts to um dr task force Thanks for listening. And I want to remind everyone that we have a lot of new content and events coming up. So I urge everyone to sign up for our newsletter at DERtaskforce.com or make sure you check out our Substack at DERtaskforcenews.substack.com. We also have a lot of new guests coming up on future now bi-weekly podcast episodes, monthly happy hours at the Urban Energy HQ in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And keep letting us know if there are any of you also interested in setting up their own monthly happy hours in other cities around the U.S. or even globally. Lastly, make sure to mark your calendars for DirtFest on November 10th at New Lab in Brooklyn, New York. It's going to be our first ever unconference, and it's going to be awesome. We promise no boring panels, super fun and unique networking opportunities, top speakers in our space, endless DER nerds, and it's not run by a corporation with ulterior motives. So get your tickets today before they sell out at DERtaskforce.com slash DirtFest. 2022. All right. Talk to y'all soon.